0: I'm Alan Winson with my podcast partner, Rebecca McKean, and this is Bar Crow Radio. We are now at the Dubliner Bar in Washington, D.C. That's 4 F Street, Northwest, and we're here with members of Witness Against Torture.
1: Witness Against Torture, or what? is an extended community of citizens who come together in Washington each January to fast and demonstrate to end the horrors of the imprisonment of 40 Muslim men in the U.S. prison in Guantanamo.
0: Guantanamo prison was opened 18 years ago. All the prisoners who are there now have been there for more than a decade, most without charge, and they cannot even be charged because evidence against them was gotten through torture, which, of course, is illegal.
1: As part of today's BCR episode, we will have a conversation with four activists who have dedicated their lives and energy to peace and justice in a clearly unjust country. These wonderful, amazing people have been protesting in our nation's capital all week, and this evening, they broke a week-long fast. Welcome all to Bar Crawl Radio. Everyone has something to drink? Almost. Almost. I Almost. see a lot of you
0: got Guinness. How do you like the Guinness? Is it? good for you. I know yeah, it's good for you, but they is, they it good, is it really good? I, is I it had a good Guinness? Guinness? It, uh, My it's goodness. It's a little...
2: My family is pretty Irish, and yeah. I always shamed them because I hate Guinness. Ah. Uh. But <laughs> well, you're so, drinking it now. Until
0: well,
3: you I'm, go to, I'm to Ireland. i half and half, so... <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> Just, all right. I And Tom, you're just having a glass of water.
4: I'm 100% Irish, but um, I only drink Guinness in Ireland. I was told Uh. that's where it tastes Uh. great. Okay. Um, Okay, all right. Yeah.
1: We have a bar in New York called the Poets uh, Society. The Poets? What's
3: it called, Alan?
0: It's called the uh, Dead Dead Poets Society. Dead the dead poet. Yeah. They
3: do pour a good Guinness there. I um, want to make a correction, actually, to our introduction because do. we as a community have um, made a conscious effort to um, stop using the word citizen until all of our um, community members are able to continue existing here in the United States. Um, so, so you don't so it, you don't call it has, yourself it, no. So we're a group of people, people, and, instead of a group of citizens. Okay. Because um, we want to make sure that um, that you know people who are undocumented or without status are also included in our in our work. Thank in, you. And
0: included in the community. Yeah. That is this that is this nation or should be this nation. Right. So we we like to do right now. Everyone introduce themselves uh, to give you an opportunity. So we'll start with Chrissy.
3: I am Chrissy Stonebreaker Martinez. I'm the co director of the Interreligious Task Force on Central America and Colombia, or IRTF Cleveland. Uh, and I sit on the council of a bunch of amazing organizations, the Fellowship of Reconciliation, of which I'm a UN representative for, uh, as well as the School of America's Watch, um, and a few other organizations, but I'll hi- highlight those two today. Right. And um, yeah, I. Uh, my family is from Columbia and Appalachia, and uh, that has a lot to do with why I am involved in movement work.
0: And and I spoke with Chrissy uh, earlier this week, and we got to sit down for about a half hour and got a lot of uh, background, yeah. and that that'll be presented uh, part of an extra to this program. Yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. Brian, we've we've talked a lot. <laughs> yes. Tell tell us who you think you are.
1: <laughs> who do you think you are? <laughs>
5: Where do I get off? Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm asked that often. Uh, yeah, I'm Brian Terrell, and I live on a Catholic worker farm in rural Iowa, and I work with Voices for Creative Nonviolence based in Chicago. And in that work uh, these last years, I've traveled quite a bit uh, including uh, some of the countries where the people from Guantanamo in Guantanamo imprisoned there are come from I've been to Bahrain and Afghanistan and Iraq uh, uh, United Arab Emirates and my travels working for peace uh, if I take just a little short story here I was thinking about this all week uh one of a couple of years ago I was coming home from Afghanistan at, at the airport at Kabul which has it's one of the most dangerous places on the planet, and the security is just fantastic. You you're, you're, you first are searched like half a mile away from the airport. But as I was going through the last screening, uh, much like TSA here in the States, take your uh, laptop out of your bag, and my laptop has a sticker that said, Shut Down Gitmo Uh-oh.
0: on it. The
5: uh, young this man, young <laughs> Afghan man who was clearing me, said, what's Gitmo? And as soon as I said Guantanamo, he knew everything about it. And he went on about the use of dogs and the torture, and then he said, "Uh, well, why is that on your laptop? And I explained about what uh, Watt does, and about coming here and protesting, and I explained that I'd been to jail, trying to close down Guantanamo and everything, and he said, how long have you been doing this? Uh And I said, well, I think like eight nine years and he said it's still open isn't it (laughs) and then if i was expecting any kind of uh, congratulations for my solidarity uh, i didn't get it yeah because he said you're not doing a very good job are you wow wow specific and then he he waved me on and, and and I felt like that's been uh, like a challenge that I that uh, yes for this young Afghan man who's so upset about Guantanamo, and he's just a, a random person from the point of view of the people from those places. I, I don't deserve congratulations or thanks for what I'm doing. We haven't done enough, and we have to keep going.
4: Tom Casey, tell us about yourself. Tom Casey. I'm from Buffalo, New York. A retired environmental engineer. Uh, I the organizer of a local uh, or an annual uh, gathering festival that's part of a national campaign campaign nonviolence. Uh, I'm also the local coordinator for Pax Christi, Western New York, which is a well-kept secret Catholic peace group. Uh, we don't intend it to be secret, but it <laughs> seems to be. We're a unique subset of Catholic Church and There's a number of us, and we're part of Pax Christi USA, and then there's Pax Christi International. So It's a group that was formed in France and Germany after World War II, where some lay people got together and said, This is crazy. We're all Catholics, and we're killing one another. So they've worked on peace um, for many, many years. They continue to work on peace. and like Brian said, we we haven't done a real good job so far convincing our country uh, to embrace peace. Yeah, I,
0: I'm I'm not sure how much is that your fault, having <laughs> I mean, not doing a good job, and how much the 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 uh, the hill that you have to climb or the mountain you have to climb to get to get to the other side. We also have Quinn with us. Uh, I don't know your last name, Quinn. So
2: uh, my full name is Quinn Galvin.
0: Galvin. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what do you do? Yeah, you go into school. An or?
3: Organizer. Galvanizer.
0: <laughs> ah, she's a galvanizer.
3: <laughs> I like that. Yeah.
0: Are you going to school? or um, You're I, the youngest person at the table, I can say that.
3: I Not, think by so. yeah.
0: Not by <laughs> much. Not by much.
2: I graduated somewhat recently. I, I think I might, I might grow out of the word recently soon here, but I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can. Um, I graduated in 2018 from Cleveland State University with a degree in international relations and a Spanish minor, um, and as far as my history with activism, I feel like I have been working within the system for about as long as I can remember, and I, I think that I really stepped into the role of an activist, not even when I started working with IRTF but rather this past week when I when I really realized that like if I have an arrest on my permanent record I don't want to work for somewhere that minds that anyway if I as a very very white woman in the United States of America can enter the carceral system on behalf of folks who either can't or don't feel comfortable or safe doing so, then I will. And I am. The
0: people here at this table seek to be arrested.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, they so want to be. No, not all. Known yeah. No,
2: no.
4: No, not all. Not all.
0: <laughs> Some of you do.
5: Oh, they, they always arrest the wrong
0: people.
4: Yeah.
5: No, we, 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 we go to point out crimes, we don't go to commit crimes. I really don't even think civil disobedience uh, defines what we do because we are not breaking the law. Uh, in fact, uh, even though many of us might identify as anarchists ourselves, uh, when it comes down to it, when we go to court and, 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 and go on the street, is the highest respect for law and concern for law is on the, on the part of us activists. And we see over and over again people who call themselves law enforcement flouting the law, and especially judges who are sworn to to, uh, to adjudicate uh, uh, according to the law and without prejudice. We see, see the most contempt for the law by the people in the highest courts.
0: This part of the what program mm-hmm. is the risk of arrest. Oh, yes. Um, and the decision was made early in this week to not risk arrest. And yet...
3: For our own cause.
0: Right. I mean, there was a lot of reasons why. Right. Right. And but I mean, there was a
3: specificity between our own cause and Friday um, doing an action in solidarity with uh, other movement folks. Right. And yeah. I
0: think as you pointed out that that Brian, uh, Chrissy, you weren't arrested, right? No. I was not. Right. Brian was. I was
3: supporting. But Quinn many of the was. people here
0: were. Yeah, Quinn was arrested. I was. And in fact, hugged by Jane Fonda. I
3: was <laughs> hugged by
2: Jane Fonda. Yeah. And today I turned in my fine. Right next to Martin Sheen, right. <laughs> right. President Sheen. President and, Sheen. Was his, President and they did
0: that for the last fire uh, drill Fridays, which is uh, being run by Jane Fonda. I think it uh,
4: might be appropriate for Quinn to describe the banner she made for Fire Drill Fridays, absolutely, and the unique connection between war and environmental destruction.
2: I'm, I'm glad that. Yeah. I, I totally will, but I also want to say that I'm glad that um, the community had that brainstorming sesh because I don't think I would have come up with it on my own. I, I can pretty confidently say that I wouldn't have come up with it on my own. Um, and Chrissy pointed out earlier today that it was it was a group effort, and it did take a village to make the, it, make the connection that we did and will continue to make. But um, the banner read us racist resource wars are killing the planet um which
3: with a burning planet
2: with um the earth and you know it didn't turn out with quite the colors that i wanted to but the fire looked great um with the planet on fire uh and
3: it was really well received it's really important to make the connection that the U.S. military is the world's largest polluter by far. Yeah. Right. They have the worst carbon footprint. Worst uh, carbon footprint of any organization. More than 140 person.
2: countries together,
3: Yeah. It's uh, but, ridiculous. Chrissy, and I thought that was
2: mostly cows farting.
3: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> and it might have been me. these racist
3: <laughs> These racist resource wars are about oil, right? Yeah. They're about non-renewable resources and so so the the responsibility is layered.
0: Well, I think a I, I, times. I think I need to point out that the actual creation of the sign or anything that's done at Watt is a, is a communal effort. You may have come up with the idea, that's or what you she may said. Be letting yeah. it. Yeah, but it's it's everything is done communally, which is what I love about. It's Witness a great community. Torture. Yeah. yeah.
1: So let's start with an easy question. All of you have been arrested for your actions for peace. As such, you have uh, physically experienced what this country is about as it, at its core. Not the idea of America, not America as some great dream, but America in practice as it is experienced and lived. So who
3: are we as a nation at our core? Um, I would say first, real, just really quick, uh, before Brian probably starts that the answer to that question i'm gonna put you on the spot because i think brian has a great knowledge and history and wisdom um because of his work uh for decades around around the region and the issues but um you may have heard quinn just a moment ago we recognize that all people in this hemisphere are american so we make it a clear point to say that um that u.s America, right? As Alan, Alan was joking earlier, Usians, yeah. right? Well, that's me and Chris Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because Americans also are Mexicans and they're and, and they're New central Rock,
3: right? and, and and middle and, and Meso and, and south and
0: right. yeah. <laughs> so we're really Usians. <laughs> we
3: and are. that
0: seems so appropriate. <laughs> Because we are using the world, but you know.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So who are we as users and as polluters and, and abusers and as torturers?
0: Right. She's looking at you, yeah. Brian.
3: Well,
5: yeah, Buffy St. marie lyric, the genocide of this country's birth. Uh, yeah. Even the term American, you know, term, um, where does that come from? American Vespucci. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that's a, a, a colonial term. The racism in this country and it's, um, you know, so-called law enforcement. Again, I, I, I choke over that word because, uh, uh, you know, because I don't see it. A couple of years ago, when I was arrested at an action, here we had that Watt had at the White House. We had people, 40 people in jumpsuits. Uh, the, the orange jumpsuits kind of our symbol, which, which in the original prisoners brought to Guantanamo were wearing orange jumpsuits with the black hoods. Over their faces, and we 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 use that uh, we use that symbol, that costume. Anyway, we had uh, 40 people for the 40 people who were are still there, and then five of them who've been cleared for release but have not been allowed to go uh, stepped into uh, Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House. And over the years, that that piece of property, the the place where veterans got their rights, the place where women protesting got their their um, the right to vote, the place where uh, in the 19, early 1970s uh, Richard Nixon begged uh, John Mitchell, the, the attorney general, find some way to shut up these protesters outside my house. And even John Mitchell, the fascist, said, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. President, we have a constitution, we can't stop them. Well, they, they've, they've stopped it now, and it's a very, very controlled uh, assault on free speech, uh, because because that is such an, a, an effective place for people to protest. Anyway, five of us representing those five people stepped into the street and were arrested. And because of some arrests that I had in um, some activities I've had in the Las Vegas area, or Creech Air Force Base, where the drones, the, the, the Center for Drone Warfare, there was a judge in uh, Las Vegas who just had it out for me, who, who issued a warrant for my arrest. Wow. Totally bogus. It was not based on any charges. So they held me for forty-eight hours or twenty-four hours to see if Las Vegas wanted to send somebody to come and get me to extradite me. So I was twenty-four hours in, in, in central booking and I I've, I've done that before. And every time I've been there, the only I've been this time I was the only white person. The other times, the only other white people were people that I went in there with. Right. And just demographically, that would just be really, really weird. Each time I've been there, the guards and the other prisoners alike, they don't ask me if I'm a protester. They say, what are you protesting? Because the only way they see a white person in Central Cell Block, this is a protester. Right. Because that's the only way a white person gets in there. It's very, very easy for a person of color to, to, to accidentally stumble into a situation where they get arrested for some pet, piddly little thing. Uh, but the only way I got there was by consistently and persistently uh, <laughs> resisting the system. And everybody knows that. Like, nobody has to talk about that. Tom, you
1: were starting to answer this question, too, I saw. Yes.
4: Do you have a thought? Yeah, obrien well, has got far more experience than me, but I, I didn't mention, I've thrown my hat in the ring for Congress three times. Um, the last time I put considerable energy into it, but I did not get the Democratic endorsement. And I was very happy to support the endorser, um, who was running against Chris Collins, who was the first Republican to uh, emphatically, off-the-wall, endorse Donald Trump. Uh, he's now awaiting sentencing for illegal trading. Wow! Um, so, but America, in my thought, in the way I was raised, my father was a World War Two veteran. He told me a lot about how fortunate we were, um, and one of my biggest influences has been the Veterans for Peace, and they've changed from peace abroad to peace abroad, peace at home, and what they have spelled out is is we've got a lot of problems both places and they're one of the most amazing groups that I've I've ever... I'm not a veteran, but that I've been part of. And and one of the things uh, they emphasize over and over again um, is what makes America great is our moral foundation. Uh, And they admit the men who founded our country, and they're all men to begin with, there's a problem, (laughs) were imperfect, but they definitely move the needle towards more freedom, more liberty, and they set a foundation uh, that we could build on. And we're going backwards. Right. That's where I see our country right. really at the point of. And we say, em- ba- backwards, empi- backwards towards what? What? What is the backwards move? T- towards empire? Um, towards violation of the values that?" some of us see and the veterans see in particular we've obviously had a racist history and a lot of problems but where where we are right now with the way we're treating immigrants um, with the continuation of the wars with the military industrial complex getting more and more and more money every year we just appear to be out of control civil rights have gone down uh since 9 11. it appears lying has become profoundly part of what wins elections in our country. And Thomas Jefferson, uh, he had a quote, the whole art government consists of the art of being honest. And that seems so bizarre in today's world. Chrissy, did you want to add to that?
3: I would add to that. Actually, I would say that this is always who we've been. Um, we were... Uh, a country founded on genocide as a displaced indigenous person. I feel that very deeply, Um, and I have great empathy and and sadness for the indigenous peoples of North America who um, suffered greatly. I also know that the U.S. uh, quote-unquote revolutionary war uh, wasn't just about taxation, right? It was also about the fact that the, the British told us that we were supposed to stop using slaves, and we didn't want to. That is something that's problematic to me. Uh, our police, are, uh, as I agree with Brian, our law enforcement officers don't quite uphold the law, in my view. Uh, I see them, the judiciary system, not charging people who have committed grave crimes and crimes against humanity, right? There's only one head of state in the world who has ever charged with um, crimes against humanity, and that's Efren Rios Montt in Guatemala. The law enforcement officers or the police officers in this country were started as slave patrols, So they were started as a racist institution. So all I have, all we have known really is um, racism and genocide and settler colonialism. And division. And division and (laughs) all sorts of um, types of greed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. I I, I want to ask Quinn this the same question, but I'm gonna I'm going to put it in a, a little bit different context. But the same question is like, what what is America? We we were uh, you and all of us were at the uh, last fire drill Fridays in Washington D.C. We we heard that they're moving out to California now, because I guess because Jane Bond is moving out to California, so so it's going to be out there. And on the steps of the Congress, there was a bunch of you, about forty. We're standing on the steps?
3: No, I no I actually, say, 147. And, you know,
2: actually, I was, 147, was talking... 147, Yeah, wow. and I was talking to someone who... I don't, he seemed to know what he was talking about. Who had been speaking to the organizers behind Fire Drill Fridays, and they had said that they received re- registration paperwork for about 400 people who were... Considering. F- considering risking arrest. By their estimates, there were about 300 people who were arrested and so the the estimate of 147 was a downgrade by the capitol police um so that's that's interesting yeah Yeah. um sorry keep
3: going
0: yeah i i I just i wanted to use this context of the arrest uh there were a lot of um celebrities that were arrested just throughout the throughout the names maggie gyllenhaal susan sarandon uh, joaquin phoenix uh, martin sheehan uh, was they, they were arrested along with all you other ordinary people? I don't and
3: know. Those orange jumpsuits are celebrities. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there,
0: there. You go. But it was, it was, I agree. it was done. And I just want to emphasize this because I was standing back because I was pushed back by a failings of, of police men yeah. who p- kept pushing us back and saying, yeah. "If you step on the other side of me, you'll be arrested." <laughs> arbitrary and, and it was really, yeah. Try. Step on the other side of me, you'll be arrested. Just as like two steps away, you'll be arrested. Like and that's Brian was Very saying, scary to me. It's not
3: the law. <laughs> it's very,
0: and we were pushed about a football field away from yeah. the fucking U.S. Congress. <laughs>
2: well, now the we're allowed to swear on this. fucking Fantastic. U.S. Congress oh, yeah. is my show. Congress. <laughs> yeah, and they'll it's do what It's mine.
0: <laughs> These are where the lo- people I elected yeah. and you elected are working, and they're working for me and i am not allowed to be there i am pushed away by these young women and men who are in these uniforms with capitol police on them what does that say quinn about what is america or U.Sian? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: those those young men and women probably grew up seeing romanticized versions of what it's like to be a police officer in TV and movies and they were like I want to I want to save lives and then they didn't realize that all of this would come with it it's a romanticization of US law and the fact that that law which is being romanticized and glorified in their eyes is then bogus but are we are, are we taught that no, and are they getting internships straight after they graduate at cool, rad, progressive organizations like I.R.D.F.?
3: No. It's also an indoctrination, like you were saying. Yeah. Um. Tom. Tom, oh. you were you were talking about like what your father told you about about oh. the war, right? And, and and when we have these old old stories of enough of people who didn't have a choice or people who um, had a choice and had good intentions right that that we're told you know this is this is why we're doing it it's to help people right we're protecting we're serving etc it's it's not just romanticization it's like it's like gaslighting it's yeah. we're all just indoctrinated into the same narrative the same soundbite that we hear um, all through, you know, grade school, all through childhood, etc. That's
2: true. And I, I think even on top of that, there's the... So if there's the indoctrination to just love up on how our law enforcement works, there's also the indoctrination to really make human connection and human fight seem silly. You know, like um, like with the creation of the, the words, like, hippy-dippy or, right. um, like, kumbaya.
1: Trivialize it.
2: You know, like, and yeah. I've been thinking in the past couple of days how, and maybe this is um, ethnocentric in some type of way for me to think this or say this, but I, I've been thinking, like, if those people who, like, scoffed at us or even harassed us as we passed by in orange jumpsuits with coffins earlier today, if they only had the sense of human connection that we felt to each other and to the earth and to art and music and color and the wind and all of these things, would they be different? And would they think differently? And would they treat us kindly? And would they treat folks in Guantanamo kindly? Would they treat folks in Dilly, Texas kindly?
1: And I think we can agree they don't have the same perspective. I'd,
2: yeah, which is sad. Um, not that I'm giving them a hall pass, but like I wish someone would've taught them how to respect um, humans and human connection and the earth as much as they were taught to respect elders, which I do, um, and the law. You know?
3: Yeah. yeah. I, I Power think. and authority.
2: Power and authority. Tom? Yeah. I think
4: part of it is their indoctrination and they we were taught incorrectly. I mean Howard Zinn and many yeah. others have pointed out uh, we, like a lot of societies, but particularly ours, we, we're unwilling to see our huge black holes, our huge faults. Um, and, and that to me is one of the things that signals the fall of empire right. empires become so full of themselves we we Americans the term was ugly American in Vietnam we think we don't need to worry about the rest of the world because we run it mm. and that ain't going to be forever right. and right now uh, I like what Chris Hedges said the day after uh, the recent assassination they asked what do you think we're at he said we're empire in decline." My mm-hmm. biggest fear is how freaking long is it going to take us to decline to where we stop abusing the immense power? Right, of right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yes. I, go, go ahead. Chris, you want to, Chris? Yeah, I, I was, I was going. No, no. I looked at the the wall that the uh, Trump administration has put up around the White House. It's it's awesome. It's black. It's ugly. This new this new gate that they're putting around. Just like it's, the
3: US, it's just like the U.S. It's just like the U.S. Mexico border. You yeah. can see each president's. Um, version of wall and how much each administration has <laughs> built it up and made it more and more militarized, um, militarized and, and enforced and, and who,
0: who who's, is the wall supposed to keep something out Yeah, the White House?
3: it's the people's house but the people don't belong there
0: alright I just want to <laughs> just imagine the White House with a white picket fence around it
3: oh, oh wouldn't nice. that be cute with, right? a little, <laughs> with
0: a little bell on it and you can ring the bell and, can, and then have picnics on the lawn
3: I, it Carson. used to happen. There was a time. Yeah. Quinn when, when was
5: saying uh, about people making fun of us <laughs> and I, I heard I had the back, black or hood harassing. over my face and there was one woman who was saying to her child was saying, the "Mother, what's going on? And the mom said, oh these people are just crazy. Don't pay any attention to them.
2: Or there was another woman, or it might have been the same woman, um, who the kids were like, mom, what is going on? And she was like, oh, those people think that people from Guantanamo Bay should be released, but they don't understand that they're actually the most uh, vicious and violent terrorists in the world. So they were like, that was indoctrination. And it was also like really patronizing, not only to the kids, but to us. And it was
0: And gross. she said it loud enough for you to hear it. We
3: I also per- yeah, it have purposeful. been here during the inauguration. We on intend to be here. Um, during the inauguration we intended to be here no matter which president was elected because no matter which president is in office this issue of torture is um is serious it's passed and important, on and it's passed on um but we heard today what we heard during the inauguration which is uh, people who think waterboarding works or that we should be decapitated um because we also support people um, who they think should also be decapitated. Mm-hmm. It's really gross. It's really painful yeah. and very dangerous. And but that goes back it to the proves, question, who yeah. are we? It proves that, hmm, I well, mean, I, I, there's proof that that waterboarding doesn't work, that torture doesn't work, right? There's lots and lots and lots of studies and research done about this issue.
5: But I often, when I hear people say, these are the worst of the worst and these are dangerous people, I sometimes I've said to those folks, well, then you need to call the FBI because you have information. <laughs> you have inside information that has eluded the CIA, military intelligence. I don't know where you You're learned so about clever. this, but yeah. you don't. You have information that, that freaks because out because the, uh, the, you know, the Department of Defense says they have looked
0: <laughs>
5: and they have not found anything on all but like seven of the 40 people. Yep.
0: Okay, you busted their balloon, and what do they do? When well, you say well, that to them, uh, <laughs> of course they realize
5: at that point that I am crazy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and You're pr- you've proven their uh, yeah. hypothesis. But, but see, I think we're, we're 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 at a point with with the um, with the decay of our of our civilization. And I, I've been quoting uh, Greta Thunberg quite a bit these last days. Uh, one thing she was asked when she was in the United States here a couple months ago: Are you an optimist or a pessimist? And she said, "I am a realist, and that is you
3: know, refreshing.
5: Is refreshing is because we are we are the realists because we cannot realistically go on the way that we're going. The war on terror is going to kill all of us. Climate change is going to kill all of us." It is those of us who are calling for change. We are not the hippy-dippy kumbaya singers
4: <laughs> that, 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 that
5: Quinn is talking about. We are the ones, not Donald Rumsfeld and not uh, Donald Trump and, and not, uh, uh, not John Kerry or Hillary Clinton. We are the ones who are taking a hard, cold, realistic look and refusing alibis and refusing euphemisms and just seeing the world as it is and seeing the cold hard reality and saying these are the changes that have to be made for the continued existence of
3: humanity on this planet.
0: Yeah, but you're crazy. Uh-huh. Well, well,
3: well, of course, yeah. yeah. In, a, in, a, in, a, in an insane <laughs> but world. But Greta is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Greta is brilliant and people have um... Uh, flocked and followed her and she has uh, righteously redirected a lot of attention to indigenous um, activists and uh, environmental defenders and water protectors to uplift the work that they've been doing for decades. You are
1: listening to Bar Crawl Radio, a podcast in which interesting people have a conversation at a bar. Today we are at the Dubliner Bar in Washington, D.C., talking with members of Witness Against Torture, working to end the incarceration of Muslims in Guantanamo. And we will be right back.
0: This January marks the 18th year since the opening of the prison at Guantanamo. Forty
5: Muslim men remain in prison now there, all of whom have been in US custody for more than a decade.
0: Activism cannot be easy in any environment, especially it must be difficult in the one we are living in today. For instance, Brian, beginning uh, July 2019, you trespassed on a German military air base protesting US nuclear weapons in Germany. In October of the same year, you spoke on a panel at the World Beyond Wars Global Conference in Limerick, Ireland. Uh, and this is a mere tip of the spear. Um, of what you do. its I mean, it's hardly anything. Frank, who was supposed to be here, peace poet, uh, said at today's morning circle, he spoke of facing burnout. And he confessed to his own depression that, that he's had. All the people at this table have consistently resenting and putting yourselves up against U.S. officialdom and being arrested. Can we talk about the sort of effort it takes, the physical effort, the spiritual effort, the, the, um, the wearing down that must happen and doing and continuing to do this work. What kind of toll does it take
4: on you?
1: And what do you do to keep going?
4: I think the number one thing that helps most people in this situation is community. Um, you do start with some individual, um, just anger it it's built into us, um, some of us seem to see more of it, as Quinn said, than others do, uh, but then this Witness Against Torture is just a unique group, and it's the communities uh, When you stand together, um, you, you actually, <laughs> you are very sad about why you're there, but it's joyous to be together. I, and I've heard this before from other Witness Against Torture activists,
0: yeah. that there is a deep, deep sadness But there's a deep, deep joy at the same time. And it sounds anathema, but they seem to kind of mix together. Yeah. Yeah, Chrissy. Well,
3: you know, actually, I don't, um, unlike Brian, who I deeply respect uh, and love, have great love for, I don't um, choose um, arrestable action as my primary um, tactic. Um, As a person of color, I don't uh, find it useful for more people of color to be in prison and uh, to be spending my um, money on legal fees. However, I know that there are times when that is necessary and that um, there are certain moments as well because of the arbitrary nature of how we are treated by um, officials and officers that I could be arrested at any time for most of my actions that are, you know, protesting injustice. Um, I still experience burnout because there's still a cost to speaking truth to power, to truth-telling, and uh, it's important for me to focus on joy and to focus on community, as Thomas said, um, uh, Adrienne Marie Brown talks a lot about creating joy and following the energy of uh, the people that are in a current space at a current time because there's only work that and conversations and organizing that we can do um, with these people in this moment. This moment will never happen again. And so we need to follow the energy of what people have, and if that means taking a break or taking care of your family or um, having great mental health um, and physical health practices that help us get through therapy. each moment mm-hmm. therapy etc you know I um, I also really love massage and I know a, <laughs> a massage um, an activist healer who offers massage to activists in my community um at a discounted rate and particularly to add a discounted rate to people of color and low income people nice because she knows how much and she's actually a member of this community she's been here before molly nagan um she knows how uh helpful it is to make sure that we all keep going right um but but we laugh so we don't cry and we um commune with each other over beer over bread over whatever um, because we know that over arepas, which are my um, ethnic bread of choice uh, because my family's from Colombia but it's important for us to share in the joy and sustenance of life and so um, that is really what gives me hope and and my indigenous family in Colombia say that hope is my duty, but as Brian reminds us and calls us back to, that it can't be a cheap hope or a cheap grace, that it has to be authentic in um, impossibility and in real change and creation.
0: Yeah, and I, I recommend everyone to listen to this Baroque Radio's Extra program. I talk with Christy, Christy about her work that she does for the... Uh, the, the
3: Interreligious Task Force, IRTF.
0: Right, IRTF, which Quinn has mentioned a number of times. Yeah. Uh, in, in this podcast. I li- I'd like to bring the, uh, this conversation to a close here with, with a dream. I, I know that, um, and I, I'm referring again back to Frank, who is one of the peace poets. I'm sorry, he couldn't make it because he was just wiped out after this week. He's been working very, very hard you know, on a spiritual level to keep everyone's moving forward in their orange jumpsuits as you move throughout Washington, D.C. And it takes a toll. And We've been talking about that toll that it takes and what you do to, to, to get it. He said nothing's going to really change for another seven generations. That was, that was his time span for, for change to happen. I'm not sure how we get there uh, or how we're going to get it right, but I wanted to play around with the idea of what this nation would look like if we got there. What, what and, and you could be very specific about something that you see seven generations from now that we don't have now. When we finally become an honorable nation, spiritually centered nation, a nation of everybody, I'm starting to answer my own question, right? What would it look like?
1: Well, first of all, it'd be a white picket fence around the White House. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we've landed on that. Right,
1: we've all agreed.
0: So we go around the table, what's one image of that, of that world, of that nation?
4: I have two two images. One is uh, somehow we take the most diverse country in the history of the world, and we have respect for every nationality, every ethnicity. Um, we give reparations to the indigenous whose country we stole. Yeah. And
3: Tom, <laughs> I, I think we. I'm gonna live with you. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I, And and the other big thing I would see right now is we clearly move away from ruthless capitalism and and we develop economies like we see in some of the Western European countries where there's a real safety net To, to see other human beings not as failures but as people who need help, which we all need sometimes. Those two things. I want to hear
0: Brian, Chrissy, and then Quinn, who's our youngest member last. So, Brian, what? what's well, one image?
5: Um, well, the United States simply won't exist.
0: Ah, and, and it there's a possibility. Be, the I, I disagree
5: with people. I, I think a lot of my, my liberal friends are almost mm. uh, echoing Trump about make America great again, make America a country that respects and you we know, have rights and that supports the... No, no. It, 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 the United States was uh, a mistake to begin with, the nation state is a mistake, it's something that's a very, very recent construct, and it's something that has been imposed. Uh, there were no nation states in the Middle East until after World War One, and this is something imposed by all these lines um, were drawn by people who uh, lived in Paris and London. Uh, the, the border between Afghanistan and Pakistan is called the Durand Line. Why should somebody in, in Pakistan or Afghanistan have any concern at all? <laughs> we keep that this porous border and these, these scary people that keep going back and forth over this border in the mountains. Well, these are Pashtun people on both sides of the border. Just like and, the Kurds. And this is a line that was drawn by, the, like the Kurds, this is a line drawn by when the Russians and the and the Brits decided with their spheres of influence, but none of these borders, none of them hold, none of them should hold. I I, I just I just uh, don't, and I I'm I'm not that you know I love the people of this country. I love my neighbors, and it's for them too. It's for for all these people around us. Um, the United States of America, as an as an institution, does not protect. The people here, around us in the city, the people in this bar—we're all better off without it, and 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 that's—I really believe that's going to have to be what what the future is.
0: Chrissy, get <laughs> uh, rid of the United States, no more,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, or can we
0: can we do something with this structure?
3: <laughs> well, it can't look like what it does. I just I I'll just say that I appreciate that both of my uh, compas have just. Uh, called attention to reparations but um, one that hasn't been said yet is that reparations for Afro-descendant peoples um, the Fellowship of Reconciliation has a reparations and spirituality campaign that has done a lot of work that has grown out of the Ferguson uprising and the Black Lives Matter movement um, to really teach people that that International sanctuary and reparations are not just one-time actions, but they're, um, as we started this conversation, they're based in relationship and community, and they are, it's a lens and a mindset and and a way of operating and um, a, a way of seeing actions and Um, dismantling power imbalances so uh, reparations is a great start Um, but to repair to seek reconciliation we have to to do to be on the path to to repair first Um, and I would say uh, also that the UN Declaration of Human Rights is a beautiful beautiful document signed in 1948 30 basic articles that no country, no nation-state in the world has ever achieved. The right to a nationality and the freedom to change it. The right to rest and to leisure the right to seek asylum; these are basic human rights that have never been realized in any country ever. For all 30 of them to be realized for any one person, so yeah, um, I think it's about individual sovereignty. I think it's about um, true collective liberation more broadly, and so that looks like um, resources instead of instead of incarceration, that and in, instead of stop and frisk, instead of. Um, the mass incarceration system <coughs> excuse me that um, that also looks like healthcare for all that looks like education for all um, and that looks like a revolution and I think that we have an opportunity to bring that revolution about if we're willing to, to really and open so, borders sounds a little bit like Bernie <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah. and yeah. open borders absolutely people deserve free movement Yeah.
0: Quinn, you have the last word.
2: No pressure. Um, <laughs> I think that studying international relations and comparative politics in my undergrad, we talked a lot about like what is the right form of governing for <laughs> the, the vast amount of people that we have on this planet and the vast amount of dialects and languages and ethnicities and national groups and... and not just national groups as in the way that we think of it now, but nations, like nations indigenous to land, all that jazz. I think that the, the fun part of this is that there is no right answer. We just know that this isn't working. Um, and so input from all people, sounds like a good idea, recognizing all people and the humanity of all people, sounds like a good idea. And allowing for the human needs of all people to be met so that we don't... I also studied peace and conflict resolutions with a dope-dope professor named Emily Weglian, who I love. Shout out. And she taught me a lot about what it means to not have your human needs met. And when that happens... You go to different extents to reach the place that you need to be in order to live. Yeah. Um, and I should, I should also rephrase that to say not just not in order to live because I would say most people in this system are not able to fully live. Um, in order to survive would be more would be would feel more right to me. In order to feel like you as a human are being supported by the the nation that you call your peoples, you need to not go into debt if you get your tonsils out. You need to not um you go a homeless. College degree. <laughs> you need a college degree because now it's become ever clear that in order to get a job here, you need at least a master's degree. Um it's you'll hear me say it time and time again, but it's bonkers. Um You need to not go homeless after spending one paycheck on a car, like fixing your car. Um, And it's been shown that that is oftentimes the case. People are one paycheck away from homelessness, often, if they don't have the safety net of having a cool family like I do. Um, (laughs) Honesty Hour, I'm broke, but my parents are amazing, and they allow me to stay at their home. Not everybody has that because... Of many different reasons and if those things were addressed and taken into consideration and taken into care by the place that we call our home um, I think that a lot of people would feel much more secure and therefore we would have a lot less conflict which would then lead to more security which would then lead to less conflict and on and on and on it's a spiral up rather than a spiral down
4: Thank
1: you You've been listening to Bar Crawl Radio We have been talking with four Amazing activists for peace In our country and our world um, thanks to you all.
0: Thanks to all of you. So we're at the Dubliner. There's a lot of noise going on around mm-hmm. us. We have a, we're actually There's right in the middle of winter, here. and the, the windows open.
3: And it's almost 70 degrees. It's crazy. that it yeah. might be climate
0: change. Yeah, yeah. Climate change is, is definitely <laughs> coming our way. Again, thank you all, Chrissy, Brian, Tom, and Quinn. So here we go. Thank you. Thank you. You all were great. And thanks for stepping in.